0: Hi, ladies. Welcome back to Rich Little Broke Girls, the podcast and collective for aspiring housewives and CEOs. I'm your host and founder, Kimberly Indibizu, aka Slim Kim. And if one thing's true from this episode, I can't afford to be stressed and poor. So count your blessings and stack your coins. You're going to want to listen to this one. It is a rainy Saturday in New York City, and... Tonight I'm supposed to go to Black Coffee. I'm actually really excited. He's one of my favorite DJs ever. I realized that some people don't know who he is because I was talking about him at work, and my coworker was like, "Who's that?" And I'm like, uh, "A DJ from South Africa, like the best DJ on planet Earth, land ever. Um, he's the king of Afro house, Amo Piano. He is my favorite DJ ever. I've seen him." probably like five times now. I just love him so much. Um anyway, so he was in New York last October and I got to see him. And then I was supposed to go with my friend Sufi who I love and adore. Shout out to Sufi. And so we bought tickets probably all the way back in May and we were going to go together. And then I think she had to go to Miami for something so she gave her ticket to her brother and then I'm like, shit. Now, I don't have anyone to go with. But then my other friend who went to Black Coffee last year was like, Oh my God, I'll come with you. Let me get a ticket. Where are you sitting? Anyway, so now we're going to go see Black Coffee together tonight, which is funny because we met a year ago at Black Coffee. I went with Sufi last year, and this is Sufi's friend. um, And we became friends through Sufi. And now we're going to go see Black Coffee together. So I'm really excited for that. Um, I think there's like a pregame before he's playing at MSG. There's going to be a million people. I feel like everybody's going to. To be on drugs and I don't do drugs, so I'm going to be the only one that's like sober in the room, just vibing off of energy. Um, but I'm really, really, really excited. I did get a tip that Black Coffee was going to be at Ludlow House last night. My friend messaged me probably around like 3 p.m. and he was like, hey, by the way, Black Coffee is going to be at Ludlow House tomorrow night at 10 p.m., so you should come. Don't tell anybody. Um, and I was going to go, but honestly, guys, I have been so exhausted. I don't know if I've told you guys this, or I don't know if we've talked about this yet, but I've been so just tired and really not myself. Typically I pop out of bed at 6am, but lately I don't want to get out of bed. I'm not very motivated in the morning. Um, I am honestly the most, like I'm such an early bird. As long as I go to bed by 11 PM, I can pop out of bed at 6 AM. And I just have not had it in me since London. And I think a part of it was that whole situation with that guy. I think I've had kind of like an underlying bit of, I don't want to call it depression, but I think I've just been not the same person since. I think below all the hustle and bustle and everything going on in my life, I've kind of been like mourning the loss of someone. So I think that's kind of why I've been pretty low vibrational. Obviously, I've been working a shit ton and my job is very demanding, so it also could be that as well. Um, but I think just the job coupled with, you know, some of the emotional things I've been going with, coupled with trying to find a new balance between my nine to five and rich little broke girls, I think I'm just exhausted mentally and physically and emotionally. Um, so I haven't been able to pop out of bed. And I remember last night, I remember as if it was like 12 years ago. Last night I was writing in my um, journal and I was just like, I am not myself and i I cannot wait until I find Kim again, because I just like have not been Kim. I am not the Kim that I know and I love. I'm not as motivated as I typically am. And I typically am... I'm just the girl that's like attack, 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 attack. What's next? What's next? What's next? Where are we going? What are we doing? What's the next challenge? And I just haven't been that girl. And I feel like my to-do list just keeps getting longer and longer and longer and longer and longer. And I'm not... I don't know. I just have not had the energy to really build. And so I... I can't wait to meet her again. Um, The other day I'm getting like all of these text messages while well, they're talking about the after party for Black Coffee and they're saying that it's going to be at Brooklyn Mirage. But I read an article and it was like two people recently died at Brooklyn Mirage. And so they're under investigation. And if you're not from New York, Brooklyn Mirage is basically a warehouse. It's this sick warehouse where they'll have these super huge DJs. I've seen Kate Trinata there. I've seen Black Coffee there a handful of times. Um, who else have I seen there? I think I've seen Diplo. Um, but it's this really big space out in Brooklyn insane lighting. They have fire machines. It's just where you go for a rave. Anyway, I'm getting text messages right now as we speak that Black Coffee's after party is going to be at Brooklyn Mirage. Let me just mute my phone because if I don't mute my phone, then I am never in a million years going to... um, I'm never going to be able to focus on this episode. Anyway, so as I was saying, I am, I don't know, I've just been like really exhausted and I'm trying to find that like energy, that spark again within me. I know I have it, but I've just been so weird for the last two months and I'm just kind of sick and tired of waking up and not wanting to wake up. Not that I'm clinically depressed or anything, but I wake up and I just want to stay sleeping. Like I'm not, something inside of me isn't like, uh. Ah, Gotta pop out of bed today, and that's typically how I am. I'm so excited and energetic, and I just can't wait to wake up at 6 a.m. and have my morning before my nine to five. And I just like haven't been that person lately. So I don't know when Kim is gonna come back to us, but I am trying to give myself grace in this very weird state and period that I'm in. But God, I wish I could snap my fingers and just snap out of it and just be myself again. But I just haven't been myself. And I think because I haven't been myself a lot of different areas of my life have been very different. I also have been talking to a lot of friends and a lot of people have felt really weird, like very stressed. What's the term when you're very pulled thin. What is it called? When you're just pulled in a million different directions, you're always busy, you're a little bit stressed. A lot of people have been in this weird state of mind where they just feel a little overwhelmed. And so I think that's kind of where I am. It's funny, um, I had Sahar on my podcast many moons ago, um, but she just did an ad with some like office brand or some career brand. And something that she said in that ad really Struck a nerve in me and she was basically saying, don't overpromise. Like, do not overpromise. Like, be very realistic about what you can take on, what you can handle and commit to that. Because if you don't overpromise, then you'll just get really good at doing good work. And so I think I'm in a phase where I don't want to overpromise, not even to myself. I don't want to overpromise as much as I can't wait to be that girl again that pops out of bed at 6 a.m., wants to go for a run, wants to get a couple hours of rich little broke girls work done before For her nine to five, wants to hop back on the rich little broke girls train right after her nine to five and have meetings and film and do all of these things and set up all these meetings and plan all these events and all of these things. That's really who I am. I don't want to overpromise myself and then kind of get disappointed or feel like you know what, I'm really not fulfilling. You know, I'm not fulfilling these promises to myself, Um, and then you kind of feel shitty because I don't know if you guys know this, but confidence is really about making promises to yourself and keeping them. And so if you're making these big astronomical promises to yourself and you're not keeping them, well then you're not setting yourself up for success, right? You're gonna feel shitty because you're like, why do I have this? big to-do list and I can't get anything done, it's because you're not being realistic with where you are right now in your life. And I think right now I'm just at a low and that is okay. And I'm trying to get okay with even saying that. Um, But yeah, I think I'm just at a low and I'm going to let this season pass. Every night before I go to bed, I swear to God, I'm like, Kim, tomorrow's going to be the day that you want to pop up out of bed at 6 a.m. And I think it's just going to take a lot of discipline to just do it. And I'm just going to force myself to get up at 6 a.m. and then force myself to do it again. And probably after the third or fourth day, my body, my internal clock will just wake up at 6 a.m. again. But I don't know if anyone can resonate to this or if it's just a Kim thing, but I really do feel like I'm missing out a lot of my day by sleeping in or waking up at 8 a.m. and then starting work at 9 a.m. I just don't feel like I have enough time with myself. Um, and I just, it just feels, my days feel very transactional. It feels like I'm giving all of this time to a nine to five and I'm not having too much time for me. And I really do not like that. So I'm in a space where I'm trying to get more discipline with, um, what I'm doing, how I'm spending my time. I wrote down some of the areas that I really wanted to focus on right now, some challenges that I'm dealing with. And I think for me, it's living a sedentary life. I work from bed most of the time. I work from home most of the time. So I do have a pretty sedentary lifestyle. And then on top of that, I am addicted to my Instagram. I'm addicted to TikTok. I'm, a, I'm addicted to social media. And so I put on one end, I put the challenges, right? the social media, and the sedentary lifestyle, and then on the other end, I put the solution, right? So what's the opposite of sedentary? Movement. How can I find movement in my everyday lifestyle? So that looks like actually getting out of bed and going for a walk or just getting up, getting up and moving. And so I'm trying to fit any type of movement into my day. And I think that'll really transform my lifestyle because I always say this, it's one of Newton's laws, but an object at rest stays at rest. An object in motion stays in motion. And a lot of your success has to do with your ability to be out there and to be moving and to bump into people and to network and things of that nature. So I don't want to get into a habit where I'm too sedentary. So I've been working through that. Um, And then obviously the opposite of social media for me has been this app called Opal. And this sounds like an ad, but it's really not an ad. Um, I would love for them to partner with me, but there's this app called Opal and it's been absolutely life changing to me. Um, It's one of my obsessions. It's helped me a lot, a lot, a lot. And it's kind of an app that I really have to lean into the more that, you know, I try to escape my Daily task or my current mental state through social media. And so it's called Opal and um, it has different levels of focus and it's essentially like a distraction app, right? It takes off all the social media or whatever those apps look like. You can totally customize it to whatever your pain points are. For me, that looks like TikTok, that looks like Twitter, that looks like Instagram. It looks like those social media apps, those dark holes. It looks like YouTube. Like I need to get those things off of my phone in order for me to be present in my day and look at, okay, what do I actually have to do today? Or what could I actually be doing right now other than sitting down, right? Again, sedentary. What could I be doing right now that gets me moving, that gets me up, that gets me feeling like I'm being productive today? Because for me personally, the kind of person that I am, I'm such a busy bee and I've I'm not being productive. I honestly feel worthless. That's a bit hyperbolic. I do just feel shitty. So Opal's been really helpful for me. They have this one setting. It's called Deep Focus. And you can set it for, you know, 30 minutes, an hour, Five hours. Um, my default is an hour and a half or an hour. And deep focus means once you click it, it takes off all of those apps off of your phone. You cannot access them. You can't shorten the session. You can't. You can't get them back on your phone until that time has expired. And so I've been spending a lot of time in deep focus. Um, one area that I found that Opal's been really helpful for me, not only during the day, but also um, in the evening, a lot of times in the evening, you run up a lot of hours of screen time when you're just like in bed, when you could be going to bed, when you could be doing that one thing that would help your morning tomorrow uh, be a little bit more successful. You're like scrolling through TikTok and through Instagram and just, you know, black holes. Um, And so for me, Opal's been really helpful because I will do like six hours And you just have to hit it. And once it's on, you can't turn it off because it's deep focus. You can't get your apps back until those six hours are done. So that's been really helpful for me as well. But yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how to get myself out of whatever this thing is. And I think a lot of people can relate. I think a lot of you girlies can relate to just feeling weird and not yourself. I feel like Kim is somewhere inside of me and she just wants to kind of fully embody this shell that I am. But um, yeah, it's been really hard. It's also been raining a lot in New York. So I know for a lot of people, that's been really hard. For me, it's only (laughs) encouraged me to stay inside and not communicate with anybody. Um, But I am working on it. I am working on it. I am working on it. And I'll let you guys know how it goes. Hopefully the next time we sit down for a solo episode, I am like, back on fire, working out, in my zone, doing the damn thing again. But it is hard. I think voicing Um, these types of challenges really help you confront them. And also for me, it's really about like, what's the solution, right? If I feel like I'm leading a sedentary lifestyle, okay, the opposite of that is movement. How do I incorporate movement into my everyday life? If I feel like I'm spending way too much time on social media and getting lost in the sauce, okay, what's the opposite of that? Opal, an app that literally will keep me off of social media. And so I think it's just about like starting those things um, and tricking your brain into making those things a habit because once you get it going, once you get it started, it just becomes a part of your daily routine and you'll feel so much better for it. So I'm in a space where I really want to improve my self-confidence, and the best way for me to do that is to make realistic promises to myself and then fulfill those promises to myself because it'll just make me feel like, yeah, girl, I did the damn thing. I don't know about you, but I've been seriously wondering where all my money has been going. I feel like everything is so damn expensive. You can't leave your house without spending a hundred dollars in the city of New York. I have spent so much money on cars, on food, on just like all this miscellaneous BS to be frank. Um and so I started doing this thing which I used to do in college but I locked my card. Like I will lock my bank card when I'm not using it so that like all these random charges aren't coming out and I actually have to think before I purchase things because I then have to go unlock my card to make the purchase. And so now I have my debit account, my savings, and then I have a feeder account. So the feeder account holds all of my cash and I'll feed the money from the feeder account into my debit account so that I can spend. So I'm not just spending mindlessly and swiping my card and swiping my card and swiping my card. Even now, if I want to make a purchase on Amazon, I have to go unlock my card to make that transaction, to make that charge. Um, and I feel like it's been helping me manage my money and manage my spending. And I've got to a place where i I'm not recklessly spending, but I've also gotten to a place where now I know where all my money is going. Like I'm not spending my money. My money is spending itself. The other day I took $150 from my feeder account and put it in my debit account, went to the grocery store, went to Whole Foods, bought $30 worth of groceries, unlocked my card, made the purchase, locked my card, went home. When I woke up in the morning, I had $8 in my bank account. And I was like, wait, what is going on? Like, where did all the money that I just put into my bank account go? So I go into my bank account and the amount of charges... ACH charges that I had from Apple, from PayPal, from this, from that. Regardless of if I lock my bank account or not, I have committed so much money to my subscriptions. It's abysmal and it's eating at my cash and you don't realize it until you stop recklessly spending your money and your money is recklessly spending itself. And so today, tonight, I am going to sit down and turn off any automatic payments, any ACH payments, any subscriptions, I really need to sit down and look at where my money is going because the amount of charges that I get in the middle of the night, I will wake up in the morning having been charged $200 while I'm sleeping. I know they say money doesn't sleep and this is what they mean by money never sleeps because you could be sleeping and your bank account is spending money for you. It is absolutely ridiculous. So I do have a trick though. If you, and I hope this trick doesn't go viral and I hope everyone doesn't start employing this trick, but I do have a trick when it comes to um, ACH charges or payments through PayPal, payments that you wish that you would have canceled, but you totally forgot. Once I get charged, like let's say, you know, I woke up this morning, I got a $30 charge from this random subscription from this random website. I will email the company and I'll say, Hey, I've really been trying to cancel this. I don't know why it's working. I was just charged again for the next month. Can I please have a refund? And can you please help me cancel this period? They'll give you the refund and they'll cancel it. And so I feel like that helps when you're like trying to get back on top of your spending and you're like, wait, I, Forgot to cancel that subscription. So that helps. But also just setting reminders to cancel subscriptions is helpful Um, and taking the time to go through your subscriptions is going to be helpful. But no, I'm not even spending my money anymore. My money is literally spending itself. And I finally figured out where all my money is going. But it's so absolutely bizarre that you could go to bed and wake up with $500 worth of charges coming out of your bank account because you have X, Y, and Z subscription somewhere. Someone wants their money and they're just pulling it straight out of your bank account. The other day I was at the house and I get a call from my doorman and he goes, hello, Kimberly. I have a gentleman from Con Edison here. Is it okay if I put him on the phone? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So whatever. I pick up the phone. I'm like, hi, how are you? He goes, hi, um, this is Con Edison. We're here to terminate your electricity. And I said, excuse me? And he said, yes. Are you home right now? I said, yes, I am home. He said, okay, um, can you let us inside of your apartment so that we can turn off your electricity? I said, absolutely not. I said, no, you can't. I said, you're a man, I'm a woman, um, and I don't want you inside of my apartment. So no, you actually cannot come inside of my apartment to turn off my electricity. I said, this really could have been an email or a phone call. I could have sworn I just paid my bill like last month. He goes, oh no, actually, the last time you paid your bill was two months ago. And I said, okay, well, I didn't realize that. I can take care of it right now. And I said, I'm actually going to hang up now and I'm going to take care of that bill. Um, But yeah, I really feel like this could have been an email or a phone call and you didn't have to show up at my building to do so. So whatever. I hang up the phone and I call Con Edison and I'm like, uh, Can I pay for my bill? And they're like, yeah, you owe $638. And I'm like, okay, charge it to the motherfucking game. But why is this guy downstairs in my building, like begging me to come inside of my apartment to turn off my electricity? First of all, that's not happening. Second of all, that's not happening. And third of all, I'll pay the damn bill. I didn't know I was late on my goddamn electricity bill. Also, Con Edison is known for scamming people, but that's neither here nor there. Why is my bill $638? That's fine. I'll pay it because this guy needs to leave my building. Um, So whatever, I pay the bill and uh, I go downstairs to go like, get something from my doorman to go get a package from my doorman. But really because I really wanted to see the Con Edison guy. So I go downstairs and... I get the package from my doorman. My doorman tells me there's a lot of people in the building that he's been calling all day, and I'm like, this is absolutely ridiculous. He should not be at the building. I took my package from my doorman, and I was like, thank you so much, Edgar. I was like, have a good day, and I was like, and ask for the Con Edison guy, don't have a good day, and like we all started laughing because I like he knew who I was. Um, so I went upstairs to my apartment. Whatever, I paid the bill. I got my package. I saw the guy. I made fun of the guy. Like, it's all good in the hood. I get another phone call from my doorman, and he's like, hi, Kimberly. It's me again. Um, The gentleman from Con Edison would like to talk to you. Can I put him on the phone? And I said, sure. So he puts this guy on the phone, And the guy goes, hi. And I'm like, hi. And he was like, did you pay your bill? I said, yes, I did pay my bill. Did you not know that I paid my bill? And he was like, no, I didn't know that yet. Like, I haven't been notified. I said, okay. Well, yes, I did pay my bill. And he goes, okay. Do you mind reading me the confirmation? and I said, uh, well, I got a confirmation via email and I do have a confirmation number. However, it is the middle of the workday and I'm so busy and I don't have time to read you the confirmation email. You work for Con Edison, so you should probably have that information. And he goes, you're not gonna read it to me. I said, no, I'm not. Um, I said, you're already here. So you might as well just wait to get that information. No one asked you to come to my building. And he, <laughs> he was laughing and he was like, okay, fine. I said, yeah, I'm gonna go back to work now. But I thought that was absolutely ridiculous. First of all, why are you sending grown men to to my house to come into my apartment to turn off my electricity. Why would it ever be that serious? Why did I not receive an email that said, oh, hey, and by the way, we're gonna send a big black man to your apartment with a do-rag on to turn off your power. I'm confused. I am so confused because if you just told me that ahead of time, you didn't have to send him out here. He didn't have to wait all these hours. And I would have just paid the bill. Like I paid the bill when he called me that he was in my building. But I thought it was so absolutely hilarious and a testament that guys, um save your fucking money and if you're not saving your money figure out how to make more money because everything is so expensive. I don't remember when life was so expensive. It's so expensive to live in New York City. Um right now from electricity to I think I just got an alert about my Wi-Fi. Like I feel like I'm paying all of these bills every month, but then like two days later, and it's like a new bill. My friend just paid his Con Edison bill that was like $500. And then like literally 10 days later, he gets another bill and it's like $400. And they're like, oh, this is past due. And he's like, no, it's not because I just paid my bill. And I did hear... Word on the street is they are scamming us and they're scamming us because we are too lazy to look into what they're actually charging us. So they can just charge us out the wazoo. They can tell us, oh my God, we're going to terminate your electricity. We're here to turn off your power when you're totally fine. But we're all so busy and so lazy that we actually don't check our bills. We don't check the rate. We don't check anything. We just pay it and keep it pushing. But It is really important to check your bills. I personally am not um, in the position to do that because I just, I don't care enough. My goal is not to save money, it's to make more money. But knowing that all of my money is coming out of my bank account when I'm asleep and it's actually not me recklessly spending it, I am gonna sit down and turn off all of these ridiculous subscriptions. I mean, I just got charged like $38 from like some random website that I used one time. So I'm so sick and tired of these goddamn brands and companies having the rights to our cash and taking our money in the middle of the night. It's not cool, I'm not with it, and it needs to stop. So count your blessings and count your coins. While we're on the topic of cash, did I ever tell you guys how my cleaning lady doubled her fee after she cleaned my apartment so she's been to my home five times she'll do a full deep clean like she cleans everything she'll do my laundry it's so incredible and the last time that she came over at the end I was like, how much do I owe you? Which I realized that I should have never asked that because I already know how much I owe you. I've been paying you for five sessions now. I know how much this costs. We've done this dance before. I know how much I owe you. So I'm on FaceTime with one of my best friends and I ask her, I'm like, how much do I owe you? And she says X amount, which is double the amount that I've ever paid her. And I'm like, "Um, how much? My friend goes, she said blank. And I'm like, am I getting robbed in my household right now? So my cleaning lady robbed me. I didn't know what to do. I was sweating. I'm like, this woman is literally robbing me. And I didn't have it in me to like, question her because she had just worked really hard regardless of how much I pay her. I felt like she did work hard. So I was just like, okay, I'm not going to say anything, but I don't know if I'm ever going to use her again. So there was one day over the summer, she was doing her thing. I was doing my thing. And she picks up my canned dove and she was like, cancer, cancer. And she like throws it away. She's like, do not use this. This is going to give you cancer. And I'm like freaking out because honey- The amount of deodorant I put on on a day, like, if that shit gives you cancer, I have it. God forbid, knock on wood, nobody wants cancer. But I was so scared. Mind you, I did kind of take it with a grain of salt because this is the same woman that told me that Donald Trump should have won. And that is absolutely Crazy to me um, that that could ever come out of someone's mouth. That's neither here nor there. Whatever. You have your views. I have mine. Um, So I took it with a grain of salt and I was like, okay, let me do my own research. But like, I'm also not going to get that dove out of the trash can because. She said aluminum. She said cancer. Let me go do my own research. So I did my own research about the links of aluminum and breast cancer, which is a thing that you may have heard before. Of course, it's inconclusive. Of course, there's been mixed reviews and it's not scientifically proven. However, this is what it says. Aluminum is a common ingredient in many antiperspirant deodorants because it helps reduce sweat by blocking sweat glands. Some have speculated that prolonged exposure to aluminum-containing products like deodorant may increase the risk of breast cancer. However, scientific research on this topic has yielded mixed and inconclusive results. So, like everything else, it's inconclusive. We don't know. But there is an argument that heavy aluminum can lead to cancer. So I was really scared about that. And in the effort to reduce heavy aluminum products in my daily routine, I was like, okay, let me try natural deodorant. So all summer, which, you know, I live in New York. Summer is not the time to try out natural deodorants. Give me all the fucking aluminum that you have. Clog up all my sweat glands. I don't want to smell that shit. Um, So over the summer, I did try natural deodorants. I mean, I tried spray on. I tried roll on. I tried rubbing alcohol. I was rubbing rubbing alcohol under my arms because online it said that you could use rubbing alcohol to get rid of the set. And if you use rubbing alcohol, you wouldn't even have to put deodorant on for like a week. I tried lemon. I tried it all. I tried so many different types of non-aluminum deodorants. And let me tell you something. You need the aluminum. You need the aluminum. I had a lingering scent of BO Constantly. I mean, I couldn't spray enough goddamn natural deodorant under these arms for me to not smell like B.O. I was like, honestly, honestly, give me all the aluminum you got. I mean, there was one deodorant that my good friend Steph O sent me from Mario Badescu. Um, it was like this roll on deodorant. It was great. It smelled great. It said it was, um, It said it was non-aluminum. However, it was like super chalky and like it would just leave me, you could see the deodorant on me. Then I tried this spray on that looks almost like, not like the Dove spray on, like it almost looks like a watery. It was, it was literally like a watery. It was from Moleda. And I tried that and I smelled like B.O. I would layer them. I smelled like B.O. I put the rubbing alcohol on. I smelled like B.O. I put the lemon juice on. I smelled like B.O. There was nothing that I could do that would make me smell fresh. Like I had just taken five goddamn showers today. Okay. Nothing I did. So I was like, okay, give me all the damn aluminum. But I want to know from you, is there a natural deodorant that doesn't leave this lingering BO? Because I honestly think that we might need the aluminum. It really gets you right. It really keeps the odor to a minimum. Um, But I did try the natural deodorant thing. And now I am currently using aluminum antiperspirant deodorant. So I guess I am happy that it's not scientifically proven that aluminum deodorant causes cancer, but I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried. Have you tried? If you've tried a non-aluminum natural deodorant and it's actually worked for you as in no lingering sense of BO, DM me at Rich Little Broke Girls on Instagram and tell me which one you use. I will try it. I will do a little testy test, um, and I'll let the girls know if it actually works. But I did try a handful, and they did not work, honey. So ladies, it's time for confession sessions. Ah, This is my favorite, 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 favorite part of the episode. Um, If you're unfamiliar, you guys DM me your juiciest confessions and questions, and I'll answer them live on the pod. If you ask this question, listen closely because This one is for you. First one up, ooh, this is a spicy one and I have a spicy opinion on this topic. Okay, I overheard my boyfriend tell his friend he wants me to lose weight. Should this be a deal breaker? I think it depends. I think this depends. I definitely don't think it's a deal breaker. Question number one, do you actually need to lose weight? Question number two, have you voiced to your partner that you want to lose weight? Question number three, are you actively trying to lose weight? And question number four, what tone is he using when he's voicing his concerns with his friend? Is he concerned about your weight or is he joking about your weight? I like to think about this in the first person. If I were having these types of conversations with my friend, with my sister about my partner and I was voicing my concerns about my partner having gained weight or wanting to lose weight or feeling like my partner needs to lose weight. If you're telling someone that I really want to lose weight, I've been really trying to lose weight, but your actions aren't aligning with your words, you can probably see how someone would get annoyed potentially or feel concerned about your weight loss and voice that opinion to a friend and say something like, I don't know. He keeps saying he wants to lose weight, but like he's not working out. He's not eating healthy. What do I do? That sounds more concerning than, Oh my God. He's so fat. He can't lose weight if he tried. I'm over it. This is ridiculous. Like he's just so fat. He needs to lose weight. Those are very different tones. And I think tone really matters when you overhear a conversation like this. I don't think it's a deal breaker. It is a deal breaker if he's making fun of you. If he's making fun of you and he's not encouraging you to lose weight or trying to help you lose weight, if there's any type of humor in the fact that you need to lose weight, then you need to lose him because that's not okay. That's not right. And you really need to be in a safe space. Weight is a very sensitive topic for a lot of people, um, especially weight loss. So yeah, I think it just comes down to how is he saying it? What was his intention? Um, And really judging him by his intention. Tension and the tone, not because he had a conversation with someone else about your weight. I get that. I get that can make you upset that he would even have that conversation with someone. But if his intent is purely out of concern and wanting to help you get to your goal, or even if you haven't voiced that you want to lose weight and he has noticed that you've gained weight and that you're not working out or that you're eating poorly and he's asking his friend, how do I approach this situation?" because Like we know, weight, weight loss, very sensitive, taboo topics. And it's really hard to have those conversations with people. And so if your partner is having a conversation with someone trying to figure out how to help you, then it's fine. I get that it sucks that you have to overhear this, especially if, A, you've never told your partner that you want to lose weight. Um, That can be really shitty. But if you have told your partner that you want to lose weight or didn't tell your partner that you want to lose weight but you do need to lose weight, then girl, you have bigger fish to fry. You need to hit the gym. Your actions need to match your words and you need to get it together. So prioritize yourself in this situation and figure out if this person was trying to help you or trying to hurt you. And if they're trying to hurt you, it's a thousand percent a deal breaker and you can figure out what the next move is for you. But for me, if someone's trying to hurt me, you got to go because I just have no space for that in my life. If someone really close to me is hurting me, I just I don't I don't do that. I don't dabble. Oh, this is a good one. Confession number two. Any advice for an intentionally single stage of life? Oh, I love this question. Advice for an intentionally single stage of life. Um, I say this all the time and I truly, truly, truly mean this. I don't think we should fully close the door on opportunities that we hope to have one day. So in the conversation of relationships, if you want to have a healthy relationship one day, I don't think that we should fully close ourselves off on the opportunity of meeting someone. I feel like we should always leave those doors a little bit ajar, um, but don't completely shut yourself off to love or connection or friendship just because you want to be really intentional about being single. I think being intentional about being single is prioritizing yourself and, Understanding that my top priority is me, and I'm not going to give my time away recklessly. I'm not going to give my time away without actually intentionally thinking about where I'm giving my time away. And I feel like I'm in this space right now and I've been dating so much differently than I used to date. I mean, I used to be so down to like get drinks and get dinner and make all these random plans with these random people that I'd never even met before. But now I'm very intentional about my time because I feel like I don't have as much time anymore Beyond that, I am my number one priority through and through and through and through. However, because I know that I would like to be in a relationship down the road, I'm not going to completely, you know, shut myself off from connecting with someone. So I've changed the way that I date and I've changed the way in which I'm connecting with people. And so I think that's my advice to having an intentional single stage. It's about prioritizing people. You, your health, your mental health, your physical health, your work, your career, your friendships, and not really putting yourself out there recklessly for romantic connections, um, but also not closing yourself off to them. Because I mean, who doesn't love love? Um, And it sounds like even if you're asking a question about, you know, I want to be intentionally single, it sounds like you've definitely been in relationships, but right now you want to focus on yourself. So then just do that. Focus on yourself. It doesn't need to be such a cut and dry. I think a lot of times people feel like it's a switch and everything just needs to be so drastic when it really doesn't. You just need to shift your focus. Like I was looking at this and now I'm looking over here. And that's all it means to be intentionally single. It means that you're intentionally focusing on you. You're prioritizing you or your friends or your family or your hobbies or your job or your career or your health, um, your goals. Um, You're just not prioritizing romantic connections, but you're also not cutting yourself off from them. Okay, those confessions were so yummy and so good. I hope I helped you if you asked that question. Um, but if you're listening and you can resonate with that, I hope that you took something away from those confessions. If you have a confession, DM me on Instagram or TikTok at rich girls, Or you can go to richlittlebrokegirls.com backslash confess and send me a note anonymously. Um, I'll never know it was you. I've been dating a lot differently these days. So have many of my friends. Um... You guys know that I'm really prioritizing my work. I'm really prioritizing Rich Little Broke Girls. I'm really focusing on building and creating a really solid foundation for my career and for me and for the things that I love to do. Um, So dating looks a lot different for me. Dating doesn't look like getting ready and going to dinner. It doesn't look like giving my Saturday night away. It does not look like what it used to look like, you know, drinking and just giving someone all of my time. It really does not look like that. I am a lot more picky. I've been dating a lot more casually and not casually, like casually dating. You guys know that Uh, if I'm dating anyone, I'm dating for a relationship. I'm dating for the future. I'm dating to build something. I'm not dating casually. However, the way in which I'm dating is a little bit more casual. So that looks like going on morning walks or getting matcha. Um, It looks like FaceTime dates. It doesn't look like, you know, this big grand gesture dinner and we're going out and we're doing that, which is how I used to date when I was younger, but I don't feel like I need to do that on a first date. I think a first date is really just about meeting up, seeing if there's a connection and moving on from there. Honestly, I really prefer doing FaceTime dates. I know, I know, I know some people are totally against that and think it's really silly, but I don't have time. Again, back to, I date a lot differently now because I am my own priority. I'm my number one priority. So I would prefer, especially if you're dating online, to just hop on a FaceTime really quickly, get to know each other, see if there's even a connection, a spark, if we have any banter, and then let's move on to actually getting to meet each other IRL. And I've been talking to my friends and a lot of my friends have been dating like this too. They've been doing the FaceTime dates. And now for some of them, it's a prerequisite to an actual date um, because it's just so much easier just to meet somebody on FaceTime, see if there's a vibe and then you go and you commit, you know, a lunch or a coffee or a walk or something like that to them rather than just pie in the sky, blindfolds on, eyes closed, just swinging, figuring out if there's a vibe. Uh, I did go on a date a couple weeks ago and a guy that I made on a dating app and it was just like super quick. He like made a funny joke and he was like, would love to take you out. For dinner And I was like, yeah, sure. Just like random. We set up the dinner. I went to the dinner. I spent hours getting ready. Not hours, but I spent like an hour and a half getting ready. Obviously, you're getting ready. You're doing your hair. You're doing your makeup. You're figuring out what you're wearing. Then you're getting in a car to get there. I mean, it takes time. It's really a commitment. And That's time that I would prefer to give to Rich Little Broke Girls um, as opposed to a guy that I haven't met. I know it sounds so selfish, but that's just where I am right now in my life, and it is what it is. Um, So anyway, we didn't FaceTime. We'd never spoken. We just texted a little bit. Um, He's actually the guy, if you go to my Instagram, he's the guy that sent me... Um, the photo of me and Kim Cattrall on Forbes. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, I didn't realize that I was going out with the Forbes Power Woman. I met Kim Cattrall at the Forbes Power Summit. Um, she was working with my boss and we had done a pre-Zoom with her. I got to see her backstage. We took a photo together. She's so Goddamn sweet. Um, And she hinted at doing a spinoff as Samantha for Sex and the City, but she wouldn't do it on Sex and the City. She said that she would have her own spinoff because she would prefer to tackle on Today's Challenges in a Samantha way and not in a shove it down your throat and just like that way. It was actually a really interesting conversation. You guys should check it out. Um, But yeah, anyway, I had taken a photo with Kim Cattrall at um, the Forbes Power Women Summit. And I guess Forbes posted it on their Instagram and he found it on their Instagram and then sent it to me before our dinner. I thought that was hilarious. I posted it on my Instagram so you can go see that. But this is that guy. Um, So whatever, we went to dinner. We went to a place called Vix, which I actually really love. It's no ho. It's right around the corner from Lafayette, which is one of my favorite restaurants. It's right across from Acme. It's in that area. Anywho, we go to dinner and I'm not kidding you. Like The second I walked in, I just knew it was not a vibe. It was not a vibe. I knew that we were not a match. Um, and then I had to sit through a dinner and... Um, And I just already knew. And so whatever, it was fine. I mean, he did spend a lot of... Actually, I'm not going to talk about the date. But I knew automatically that it just was not a vibe. So I would have preferred to either vetted him a little bit more because when you're meeting people online, it's not like, you know, it's not like your friend is introducing you to them. It's not like you've already seen their vibe, IRL, at Dumbo house, at a party, at a bar, at dinner. And he walks up to you and you already know that there's a little spark there. There could be something there. It's like, a blind date. Um, and I don't really think I do those anymore. Not really into blind dates anymore. So now I'm like trying to fit dating into my regular schedule and so are my friends. And I didn't know that this style of dating has been coined and it's called stack dating, which it's basically where you fit quick dates into your daily schedule. And all of my friends have been doing it. Um, So I didn't, I didn't know that this had been a new coin phrase and that there's this like research behind it, but I was reading a Cosmo article called stack dating is the most efficient way to date. And Gen Z is leading the charge. I'm going to read you what they say about stack dating, but it completely aligns with where I am with dating and where a lot of my friends are with dating. And I did not know that it was a Gen Z phenomenon and we're dating way more low pressure than we used to. We're not spending hours getting ready for first dates. We're just kind of fitting these dates into our daily schedule, almost like errands. So this is what the Cosmo article says about stack dating. For Gen Z, gone are the days of spending hours in the bathroom getting ready for a first date. According to Tinder's 2023 Future of Dating Report, around 51% of global Tinder users ages 18 to 25 are making dating a low pressure part of their regular daily lives. Whether they're sneaking in dates after a morning exercise or meeting up before dinner with friends, Fitting dates in wherever works for them is what Paul Brunson, Tinder's global relationship insight expert, calls stack dating or errand dating. And while associating a date with an errand might not sound the most romantic, that's the point. Which is so nuts. It's actually a phenomenon led by Gen Z. We just want to fit our dates into our regular schedule so we're not going all the way out of the way to connect with people we want to find more casual connections and honestly i think that's kind of a result of us being so siloed we want meeting people to be more casual and more frequent and so we can meet more people if we're just you know slotting them into the time that we have available a lot of us still work from home a lot of us you know wake up early we can go for a walk with someone before we hit the office um, and honestly to be quite honest i think it's so much better to meet someone in a more um, low pressure environment and a real environment, right? Like if you're going on a walk with a guy, you're wearing sneakers, leggings, and maybe a crop top or something, and you're not like in your heels and looking like a Barbie and looking like a doll, which, oh God, you guys know I love looking like a Barbie and looking like a doll. However, when it comes to dating, sometimes it's cool to be just kind of like your chill self when you're meeting them for the first time. So yeah, that's called stack dating. And it's a thing. Tell me if you've been stack dating and you didn't even know you've been stack dating because I've been stack dating and I didn't know I'd been stack dating and all my friends had been stack dating and they didn't know that they'd been stack dating. Like one of my friends now will get drinks with someone before they have dinner plans, which I think is genius. I don't really drink on dates anymore because I don't, for me, it's not conducive to getting to know someone. However, I totally could see so many of you guys doing that. Like, oh, let's just grab a drink before dinner. It's Like, I'm already going to be out, so why don't I just get a drink with you before I go to dinner? I did invite someone to do that. I invited someone to drinks. I wasn't going to drink, but I invited someone to drinks before I went to dinner. I was like, oh, I'm going to be at Dumbo. Do you want to get a drink around where I'm getting dinner and we could meet? And we were going to do it anyways. Our schedules ended up not aligning, but... There's so many dates now that it's like either, oh, let's FaceTime really quickly when you get off of work or let's go grab a lunch really quickly or let's go on a walk. I mean, the amount of walking dates that I like to do these days, I think it's phenomenal. I think it's probably funny to people that know me. Like I've run into people that I know while I'm on these walking dates and they're probably like, this girl always has a new boyfriend when they're not my boyfriend at all. I don't even know them at all. I'm getting to know them. Um, But yeah, I think it's super efficient and I prefer dating like this now. I'm going to be honest with you. Gone are the days that I I am getting totally decked out to go on a date with a guy that I have not vetted that I met on the internet. It's just not happening. If I meet you IRL, that's very different. But if I have never met you, we've never hung out before, um, then there's got to be a vetting process before I give you my evening because I could be doing so much with my evening that if I'm giving it to you, it's because, okay, I think there might be something here. Call it selfish. Call it what you want. That's what I'm doing. Okay, ladies, we need to have a real and honest conversation about our short kings. And this is for my 5'9 ladies to my 4'9 ladies. We need to have a conversation about short men and whether or not you are attracted to them. I'm going to give you a very unpopular opinion here. I'm 5'7 and a half, as we all know. I'm the same height as Beyonce. Um, And I have been thinking about the male height debate and whether I subscribe to it and whether I'm only attracted to tall guys and whether I'm like on dating apps looking at how tall is he? Is he taller than everybody else? While there is a little bit of that, most of the guys that I've dated are just about my height. Are my height a little bit taller than me or a little bit shorter than me? I date guys around my height. I think the last guy that I dated was probably five, six and a half. Like he was definitely shorter than me and I had absolutely no problems with it. As long as they're not considerably shorter than me, then I don't really have a problem with the height thing. I really don't. I think we need to give our short kings some love in. Obviously a guy that's five, six and a half, it sounds short, but I'm five, seven and a half and I think it's kind of fine. I also feel like it gives me model-esque vibes, like if I'm taller than my partner I have no issue with that as long as he doesn't have the short man complex where they feel like they're always overcompensating because height is tied to masculinity and all of these things. I have absolutely no problem with him being my height an inch shorter than me or an inch taller than me. I don't go for guys that are like 6'4". I'm not like obsessed with height. It's always the girls that are like 5'2", that are like, oh my God, he just like has to be tall. And I totally get it. You're trying to like remix your gene pool for your offspring. However, you're short. So your male counterpart is probably about five four. So you guys need to pair off and go continue to have short children. As for the rest of us that are about like five seven and up... Me dating a guy that's 6'4, that's fine, that's normal. But I'm also I'm also not going to be obsessed with the guy that's 6'4. The girls that are 5'9 need to be obsessed with the guys that are 6'4. Like I feel like we got to kind of be a little bit more realistic with the whole like male height debate. If you're 5'2, you should not be like shitting on guys that are 5'4. Babe, that's the male version of you. I love a short king and not like a shorter than me king, but like a my height and maybe a little bit shorter than me. I really date guys that are around my height and I don't know if that says anything, um, but I'm just not fixated about the height. Obviously, not obviously, but me personally, I wouldn't want to be with a guy that was considerably shorter than me because I just don't really know how we would kiss. Um, even the guy that I dated that was five, six and a half, I have no clue how we kiss. I honestly don't think we ever kiss standing up. Honestly, I really can't remember a time when we were both standing up on the same level and we kissed. I mean, I do think about weddings, right? Like, how do you kiss when you're shorter? I wanna wear heels on my wedding day, but whatever. I'm not engaged. I'm not getting married anytime soon. So it's really not a problem to me. And I don't like just completely redline guys that aren't like much taller than me. I just, I'm into guys that are either like my height or around my height, Uh, but I don't know. I think that we should save some love for our short kings, especially if you're a shorty. If you're a short girl, then that's your man over there. You're 5'2", your man is 5'4". Y'all need to go pair off. Ladies, we've reached the end of another great episode of Rich Little Broke Girls. And to wrap it up, it's time for the weekly pick-me-up because sometimes we just need a shot of motivation to get us through the week. And this shot is sent by Bianca Sparacino. I hope I said your name right. Um, but this is really great. And I don't want you to initially think that this weekly pick-me-up is particularly for romantic relationships. In fact, I want you to think about them in all relationships in um, all human connections. So here is... The weekly pick-me-up don't chase another human being instead chase your curiosity chase your development and your goals chase your passion strive to work for something bigger than yourself instead of trying to convince someone that you fit within their world strive to build your own ah i love that last line instead of trying to convince someone that you fit into their world strive to build your own and honestly when i first moved to new york Um, and I was breaking into fashion and just trying to figure out what I wanted to do in my career. I think a lot of people feel this and this is a shared experience amongst a lot of us but we felt like outsiders and we were trying to break into a world in whatever world that looks like whether it's fashion or it's ad or it's tech or it's finance or it's beauty or it's anything you feel like an outsider you feel like you're trying to break in and one thing that i've learned through rich little broke girls and building this world this rich little broke girls world where you know i'm producing events globally, and I'm bringing women together, and I have these really interesting conversations with these beautiful, smart, driven women. I figured out that in life, sometimes, rather than trying to fit in, you create your own. Stop trying to break in to somebody else's home and build your own home, um, because it's so exhausting trying to fit in. And if you build it they will come. If you build your own home, there will be people ready to come and join you and help you um, and just wanting to be a part of your world. And so that has ultimately been Um, my strategy. And so I thought this was like a great little reminder that instead of striving to fit into somebody else's world, you should just build your own world, which is exactly what I've done. And I've never been happier building my own little universe. Um, And it's so much fun and bringing in people into my universe, but having something of my own, there's really nothing like it um, than begging someone for a seat at the table, build your own goddamn table and invite people to come sit with you. So anyway, I hope that this week you guys, Will chase your curiosity, chase your passions, and build your own little universe wherever you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening to the Rich Little Broke Girls podcast. I will say after filming this episode, I do feel more energized than anything to get my money up because a nine to five salary is not cutting it. If you haven't already, please join the Rich Little Broke Girls Collective because we host events globally and a little birdie told me we're planning something very special for the holidays. If you like this episode, share it with your friends. If you didn't like this episode, share it with your friends. And if you really like this episode, share it with your friends. For all those things, subscribe and leave us a five-star review. It really helps the girls discover our show. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Rich Little Broke Girls and submit your juiciest confessions and questions at richlittlebrokegirls.com backslash confess. I'll be back next week with two very special sister founders from a little town called Beverly Hills. We'll be talking all things self-alignment and demanding exactly what you want. Until then, I'll see you all so soon.